Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hello there, guys. Welcome to tonight's episode with Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. What's happening? How are you all doing tonight? Like seriously, let's just check in before we get started because this is a great exercise to start getting in touch with our emotions and just focus inward as you're listening to my voice right now and just see how you're feeling in your body right now. And also in your mind, what's kind of floating around in there. And just take that information in. Maybe you're feeling happy and excited about something. Or maybe you're feeling sad and disappointed, frustrated, confused. But whatever it is, just allow it to be there. Just allow it to be there right now. I'm not asking you to do anything with it. I just wanted you to check in with it and become aware of whatever that is that's hanging around inside. And something I wanted to share that I kind of forgot to add in the last episode that I did on shyness. I cut it short, guys. I was really tired, like literally running on, I think, four or five hours sleep in two days. So... What I wanted to add into that is that I know that there's a lot of men who are shy or quiet, who are very strong and confident. And I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to say that because, you know, some of the things that I share, I know there's a lot of studies done of this and that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's you. So I just wanted to make that clear. And secondly, I just wanted to share a little bit of a thought of mine and share with you why I've kind of been lacking sleep. And you guys know that I'm usually lighthearted and bubbly and positive and happy, which I am. I really am for the most part. And I I keep my bubble sealed (laughs) so that I can keep that frequency up and high. And that's what's really important for a lot of us to do, especially during these times. But from time to time, poison does sometimes seem to seep into that bubble of mine. When I open my phone and I see certain things that are happening in the news, the posts, it's kind of sometimes hard to step away from when you see what you're seeing and reading what you're reading and I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't affecting me I hate to like I don't have tv I don't watch it but like I said sometimes you're on youtube or you're on google and it just it shows up whether you want it there or not it's heavy and I know that I'm not the only one I know that there's 
so many right now that are feeling the same way. Being very concerned for the younger generation and my children. We live in a very diseased world, diseased. And we've been spreading this disease, this contagious virus, we can call it, throughout history by projecting our own BS and unhealed wounds, our conditioned minds onto each other. And this is just as much a killer as what we've been experiencing. What we contribute to the world affects more people than you think. It spreads like wildfire. On average, we will know 1,000 people in our lifetime. That's if we live into our 70s. So we will know, the average person will know 1,000 people. Now, we will also interact with 20,000 to 50,000 people throughout our lifetime. This is the gas attendant, salesman, waitress, waiter, bank teller, these type of people. If you came into contact with one a day, that's how many people you would affect in your lifetime. And those people too know a thousand and will interact with 20 to 50,000 people. So as you can see, how we interact with one another does spread like a rippling effect. And when we are unhealed, unwilling to see the things that we need to look at, this is infectious to others. And we are contaminating other people. The problem with humanity right now, this is why this is taking place. And this is why it gets so frustrating. Because this is just everybody's bullshit coming outward onto each other. This is my opinion. This is, you know, how I truly feel. Because when you find peace in your in your body, in your mind, in your heart, you would not ever want to harm or hurt another person. Ever. Ever. When you find peace within yourself, you find peace in the world outside of you. We don't look for peace and then the peace comes within us. No. We have to find the peace within us. And then it spreads that's what we want to contribute to the world. And to know whether you have unhealed issues or things that you need to work on. If you get triggered by anything, even the things that I say on this podcast, there's a reason that that's happening. And that's there for introspection to look at and see where the root of that is. Why are you getting upset with something that I'm saying? Because you maybe disagree like, why are you reacting that way? This is a great way to really take a look 
I certainly sometimes still get upset over certain things. But when I do, I look at the situation. I look at myself inside and say, oh, that's what that's from. That's why I might have felt that way. Because that person said something to me or you know what I mean? This world is poisonous right now. It's it's really mind-blowing and it's upsetting. And I'm just really can't believe what's taking place. I really can't. And I don't mean to come on here and bring you guys down. This is a rare, rare occasion that I come on and I'm feeling kind of low. But I can't help to be right now. This is no good for me to feel this way right now. Feeling the suffering of the world, feeling the pain and and putting myself into other people's situations or shoes, you know, that's something that it hurts you. But it, it also, you see from a whole different perspective when you look at life like that. So that's it. You know, I, I, I just wanted to share because it's it's this topic too that, you know, kind of brought some things up for me, maybe, I guess. I don't know. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. Like I said, uh, uh, this is going to be surface level tonight. I'm going to carry it through until next week as well. But because I respect your time, I want to keep this somewhat short. Otherwise, we'd be here for over an hour and I'm not about to be doing that. Before we get started, let's just honestly right now together, wherever you are, just just take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath in for five and then hold for five and release for five. Let's just do it right now real quick. helps a little bit (laughs) a little bit it helps so let's get into tonight's topic existentialism and I chose this because I think a lot of people like I said are experiencing this right now they're asking a lot of questions you know, what is the meaning of all of this that's taking place? Like, why is it happening? What's what's life all about? And why are we here? And what happens afterwards? And there's a lot of uncertainty in so many people's minds. And this is a really tough topic. Like I said, it's just very complex. There's so many different... It goes deep. It's a very deep, complex conversation if you look at your life your whole timeline so far do you ever ask that question is it meaningless is this life just meaningless when we find ourselves asking these questions 
I think it's part of a spiritual experience as well. You know, some people have an existential crisis or a spiritual awakening. Very, very similar. And I'll share what I'll share tonight. And if you haven't listened to the episode about spiritual awakening, that might be a good idea to listen to as well. Here's why I think that they're kind of linked. Because we're looking at the questions of existence, right? Spiritual kind of relates to a person's thoughts and beliefs rather than their body and physical surroundings. You know, you can you can be a spiritual person and not be religious. The spiritual is more about an individual practice. So having to do with a sense of peace and purpose. Existentialism, this is when we're analyzing human existence. Interpreting that we were born without purpose in a world that makes absolutely no freaking sense. But we have, as an existentialist standpoint, we have the ability to choose and create our own sense of meaning and peace. Existentialist have no moral code to abide. They have complete control over what they decide. And in that process, it's not succumbing to the state of despair or nihilism, but rather attempting to confront and deal with the meaninglessness. It's about taking responsibility to find the truth, your truth, and what life's meaning is. And one understands that suffering is inevitable. It's part of living. But it's what we choose to do with that reality by facing our unavoidable mortality. So with everything happening at the moment, this is what I think is happening. There's a lot of spiritual awakening, a lot of existential crisis, however you want to label it. Let me just share what nihilism is to make that clear. Nihil means nothing. Ism means ideology. So nihilism is a system of thought that says there's no principles or beliefs that have any meaning or can be true. So absolutely nothing matters. Those who have that nihilistic viewpoint on life wallow in pity and sorrow. They live a very miserable, pessimistic existence rejecting any kind of established order, social system, or even a religious principles. There's just no meaning or value to any of it. So they choose to do nothing to create meaning. It's a very sad, grim life. But I was questioning with the atheism, and I wanted to share that too. So basically all existential nihilism is atheist, but not all atheism is existential nihilist, only because atheists can often believe that life does have a purpose. They just don't believe that there's a God or a supreme higher being. A nihilist just doesn't believe in any of it. A God, a purpose, nothing. Imagine a life like that. Some existential themes have been hinted throughout history, from Buddha philosophy to it's even in the Bible. But it wasn't until the mid-20th century that it became popular and developed. The first philosophers that were considered fundamental to this movement 
were Serene Kierkegaard and Frederick Nietzsche. I hope I'm saying their names right. (laughs) Kierkegaard was born in 1830 and died in 1855 in Copenhagen, Denmark. He was a Danish philosopher, a theologian, poet, social critic, and a religious author. As you can imagine, many philosophers fought the idea of God, but not Kierkegaard. He was a Christian existentialist. He wouldn't use this term ever, but he lived his life like this. And as a Christian existentialist, you can imagine that it wasn't the easiest philosophy to incorporate with Christian theology. He would often wrestle with the loathing of his existence by asking the questions that some people do. What am I? What is this thing called a world? Who is it that lured me here into such a world to leave me there? But he truly believed that the way through this pain and suffering is through his faith in God. And he strongly, strongly believed in a passionate commitment to God in the face of of the uncertainty. On the other hand, the son of a pastor, Nietzsche, was a German philosopher, composer, writer, and a philologist born in 1844, and he passed in 1900. He had a different outlook than Kierkegaard. He would often attack most of the moral ideas that were popular at that time, including the Christian religion. He didn't believe that there were any real facts about right or wrong. He thought people should just create their own facts about mortality. And he also believed that the ideas of heaven came from the inability to cope with life in the world. There were some other popular philosophers who would often discuss, analyze, pick apart, and try to come up with reasons for their beliefs and reasonable answers to their questions. The important factors for existentialists is the freedom of choice to believe or not to believe. Two well-known existentialists were Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone Beauvoir, known for their love affair. Brief background about Sartre. He was a French philosopher, playwright, novelist, screenwriter, biographer, and a literacy critic. He was born in 1905 in Paris and died in 1980 in Paris. For Simone de Beauvoir, she was a French writer, intellectual, political activist, feminist, and a social theorist. She actually played a very significant influence on both feminist existentialism and feminist theory. She was born in 1908 in Paris and died in Paris as well in 1986. So... Beauvoir and Sartre met in Paris as young philosophy students in 1929. And they had a very strong attraction towards one another. They challenged all the social conventions. And what they were well known for was their open relationship. And in this relationship, they just wanted complete transparency, living and loving with no marriage, no kids, 
and they chose freedom, stability, love affairs, and commitment. They never lived together, but they openly had other lovers, often friends at times they would even share these friends. Sartre was a spoiled, pampered son of a widowed mother, a narcissist who would manipulate and seduce women, lying to the many, many young women he would prey on. Leaving them in the dark, he left behind wreckage for many of these women. Beauvoir would never show it to the world, but she suffered deeply from jealousy, even though she had her own rendezvous. Hers were more longer-lasting. He had many, many women. And Beauvoir was Sarté's go-to person. She was the one that would actually organize the prospects for him to meet. And she too would often encourage and manipulate these young women. She would do anything for Sir Trey. If he wanted money, she would go find him money. She addressed him as her dear little being. She was much taller than he. But he would often call their love an essential love. No, no matter what would happen, their love was absolute. So back in that time, that caught a lot of people's attention. That's an interesting relationship. And that's a topic that I will be talking about in the near future. So as you can see, existentialists are very free spirits. Existentialism encourages you to take a hard look at your life. And those that often reject this philosophy, it's not because they don't understand it, but it's because they can't face it. They have a very hard time in seeing what they need to see. But according to the Journal of Contextual Behavior Sciences, studies actually show that by facing these existential questions, we're lowering our levels of depression and anxiety. Yeah, life is extremely challenging as it is just between balancing work, relationships, or daily life, let alone kind of rationalizing our being. But when we do, it helps us to find peace about the questions we so often bury. To finish tonight, I'm going to share with you some of the key concepts for an existential outlook. Focusing on matters such as choice, individuality, subjectivity, freedom, nature of existence. First factor is be accepting of the absurd. This is the moment in confronting this fundamental absurdity of life that's when you will begin to live. Second one is personal freedom. And this is about making very important decisions in your life. When you can do this, when you start to really take strong decisions, it will begin to reveal who you really are. And this is the start of making life meaningful. You're in the driver's seat, taking responsibility for your own life, not blaming others or the universe for what happened. The third one is individuality. No more conforming with what society says. Right? Be you and dream your desires. The fourth is authenticity. And there's no other way around this but to do what you want to do. 
and not allow others to tell you what to do or what to be. You have to do you in order to be in your truest authentic power. Fifth is passion. And this is extremely important and essential because when we're passionate about something, we're more purposeful. And like I talk about, this is great in contributing back to the world or healing the sick, standing for a cause. It makes a real big difference on what you contribute here. The last is the acceptance of death. And this is another topic that I would love to just do a whole episode on. Because so many people fear it. Avoid it. So scared of it. But when we see the end as inevitable, you know, there's no way around it. This is the very reason to not piss your life away on bullshit. But to take every breath that you have seriously and make life worth living, make it more meaningful. So this is how existentialists live their life. And a lot of spiritual people live a lot like this as well. So take these questions home with you and ponder on some of these questions. Who are you? 90 to 95% of our thoughts, beliefs aren't ours. They're the things that we've taken in. You've heard me talk about all this, blah, blah, blah. I know. They're not ours. So who are you and why are you here? It's kind of a fun question to ponder over. It's great when you have the proper silence and you can write as you're kind of seeing or feeling thoughts come up. Just imagine coming through the canal from your mother's womb. And there's nobody on the other end to catch you, but you land on a a very comfortable, beautiful, warm feather bed. Just imagine this for a moment, okay? It sounds cold and terrible, but if you were on that feather bed right after birth, what would your name be? What would your world look like? to you? How would your future look? Kind of hard to imagine, right? But we are beings of love. That's how we come through because we're made from, in my opinion, a loving being. And yes, connection is so important. And we do need connection. We need people to care for us. And if you think about it, we are always connected in the fact that it it takes that sexual act for conception to happen and then from there we're connected to the mother's umbilical cord and then from then we cut the umbilical cord and we go into the arms of a caregiver or a parent and this is why it's it's really important to understand that yes there is a lot of loneliness in the world and and there's a reason for that because we are meant to be connected And that's why it's such a sad situation to see the division that is taking place on this planet. Regardless of your color, race, religion, belief, culture, whatever, we are all humans here having an amazing spiritual experience. Why the hell can't we all just get along? 
Okay, I'm not going to I'm not going to ramble. I'm going to end this here because of the timing. But like I said, I'm going to carry this into next week. It'll be here uploaded on Tuesday morning. If you have any thoughts on this topic or you want to share your ideas or your opinions or anything like that, feel free to email me at consciouswisdomhealing at gmail.com. If you have something you would like me to speak on, anything like that, any type of struggles you might be having, it's great to share because it will help other people. I would love to hear some of your ideas and thoughts on this topic or some of the other ones. That's it. That's all I got for you. I always appreciate you coming in, having a listen. And I hope that you feel nourished when you leave listening to my podcast. I really want you to feel like you've been fed and filled with some goodness. All right, you be well. Start taking notice of the feelings in your body and the triggers that are taking place. And look at where they are coming from. All right, dear ones, hang in there. I look forward to coming back soon. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye.